This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. All right, we're going to talk about something that I promise you is way over my head and I'm hoping that our two esteemed uh, sporting experts uh, will simplify it for me and uh, perhaps in that way also simplify it for many of us who want to support uh, Bafana Bafana in their quest to make a place in the last 16 at the African Cup of Nations but also understand what the dynamics are around um, CAF and AFCON, particularly um, as AFCON this year, the 2024 tournament, seems to be a much more commercially viable tournament with many sponsors uh, who have come to the fore, uh, Puma being one of them, which is the supplier of uh, kits for the host nation, the reigning champions and some other leading teams. Um, but also the fact that you've seen international broadcasters. Uh, I think they said Sky Sports has uh, created a platform where you can view some of the games. Uh, so bringing more eyes to the African tournament. And then in this era of social media, with many influencers, TikTokers and uh, um, commentators using the platform, it's also brought about 950 million impressions about CAF on the various uh, platforms. Um, And all of this really means that there is a sense that from a commercial profit point of view, CAF might be able to generate or AFCON might be able to generate money for CAF and for African football, which is a good thing, I think. Uh, let's speak to Baringbatu Kortias, BBK, columnist and sports editor of the Sunday Times. Good morning, BBK. Good morning, listeners. There's a small matter of a podcast that I also do. There we go. Columnist, podcaster, right? Sports expert. Sports editor. We are dealing with the, with, the, with the guru here, okay? We also have the other guru, Neil Tovey, uh, who is a former uh, Sa- uh, South African football player for the national team and also soccer coach. Good morning, Neil Tovey. Yeah, good, uh, good morning to all you and BBK. Compliments of the year and... It's great to be talking football again. And have I forgotten anything to do with you, Neil Tovey? No, not just just I just happened to be a winner of the competition. <laughs> there we go. There we go. There we go. He's also a former technical director of South African football. <laughs> okay, there we go. All right. So, uh, gentlemen, this is a 101 for me personally. But uh, for anybody else who, like me, knows that we're supposed to be wearing the South African football jersey today, but uh, perhaps don't understand why. So let's start with you, Neil Tovey, as a former winner, uh, uh, Bafana Bafana winner. Please help us understand why we need to be rallying behind the team. Because if we looked at it superficially, and I know what I'm saying is not fair, well, they don't win any tournaments. So why should we? Yeah, it's all about, you know, uh, confidence. You know, it's like any human being. They thrive on confidence. And uh, and we all know that the team has had many 
ups and downs and really battling to get to any form of continuity, any form of uh, winning form running through a number of fixtures and games and, you know, important games, if you can put that, you know, mm. uh, in competitions. So this might embark on a whole new, fresh outlook at, at Bafana Bafana because, you know, they, they're sitting on, on the back of, of the rugby players doing so well, the Springboks doing so mm-hmm. well. And, and you know, that needs to be, you know, somehow emulated. And uh, so they need, and they, they are, you know, they're not oblivious to to what's being said and, and what the mood is around Bafana Bafana back home. And they get the media, uh, they will get the media. Mm. So, yeah, it's they, they are human in that regard. And so we need that far. So to come to your question, yeah, just rally behind them and support them always in good and bad times. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and that's true uh, sort of sportsmanship as well. You know, sometimes you have a good day on the field. Sometimes you have a bad day on the field. But you are still a world-class player. And, and, and to that extent, we need to recognize them. Uh, BBK, your views on this one, uh, as TT was telling us earlier on, is that, you know, they've done really well to get this far. Um, it's still a battle ahead, but they seem to have the legs for it this time round. They seem to have the big match temperament. Most definitely. And uh, Loretta, please allow me to say, pass my critics to Neil Tovey, the one and only captain of uh, the South African national team to win AFCON in 1996 when we were host here. And it's, uh, it's rightly articulated. From then on, we've been on a downward slide because in 98, we went to Burkina Faso as champions. We finished up as runners-up, getting the silver after losing the final to Egypt. And then again, in 2000, we went to Ghana and Nigeria, the first time that the Africa Cup of Nations was co-hosted. Uh, we beat Ghana, who had never lost a match at the Kumas Stadium in 25 years. In the quarterfinal, uh, Sean Butler's cross with Siamonga one of the shortest players on the pitch, rising the highest to score a goal, uh, which gave us a one victory and went to play against Nigeria at the Surreal Stadium in the semi-finals. Unfortunately, we came uh, there with a 2-0 loss, which meant that we finished uh, in the third place and got the bronze medal under Trot Modoto. From then on, I think it will be just opening mm. old wounds and rubbing salts in terms mm. of how Bafana have been uh, horrible. But now, this time around, we are playing. We are playing tonight. We are under coach Hugo Bruce. Coach Hugo Bruce, who is also an Afghan winner like Neil Tovey, he was coach of Cameroon when they won the title for the fifth time. Uh, this was in 2017. Mm. And this now says to us, after having started badly, uh, with a loss to Mali in the opening game. Mm-hmm. And now we are playing against Namibia in the second game and we actually find redemption and knocking mm-hmm. not one, not two, not three, but four goals yeah. to no answer to Namibia. Those of us who were around were reminiscing thinking of the same thing that Benny Makati did when we beat Namibia. Yeah. Uh, we beat them 4-1 in Burkina Faso. So this time we are saying tonight is even more important, even more important because we need to do ourselves a great favor, get a victory. The three points that is going to be added to the three that we const against Namibia, and then that puts us in very good stead to qualify and go to the 
last 16. Okay, so I don't want to focus too much on Bafana's performance, but um, let's defer back to you, Neil Tovey, as BBK is definitely reminding me that not only were you Bafana Bafana player, but the captain that won uh, the tournament uh, over 20 years ago. And the issue is this. What does the current captain need to know or understand about leading the national squad at a moment like this, at an inflection point like this? And what does the coach, who has also won CAF, but with another national team, need to be able to do to inspire? What, what, what's needed at the leadership level uh, for today's match, but for the tournament as the whole, if they continue to go through yeah, I think obviously from the leadership perspective, from the from the captain, let's start with the captain first. You know, uh, I was fortunate also to have a lot of other <coughs> leaders around me uh, that were captains of of other t- uh, you know local teams mm. and overseas teams at that matter with Lucas. But um, so you, you you've you've got to be there to not only what's happening on the field. You've got to have this the build up uh, prior to the game and. And how you you see different players, how their thought processes are leading up to the game. Mm. Who's who seems to be have a little smile on his face? Who doesn't have a smile on his face? And and react with them and act with them and and, and get into discussions. Just to some might be more nervous than than others for this mm. fixture, uh, which is which always happens. Different characters. And that is, that's where the starting, uh, where it starts, is off the field, which a lot of people don't really uh, see that much of. And, and, and start as it gets closer to, to countdown to kickoff, that they are becoming more relaxed and, and confident within themselves to, to do it. Just talk good things and, and remind them of how good they are. Don't talk negative and, and what they're doing well and, and, and laugh, you know. Then when it comes to the field, Obviously, it's your job, which I believe this is one aspect which is lacking in that team, is the aspect of leadership to find out uh, on the field to to make things happen. Um, it's all very well and good when things are going all up to scratch and everything's going fine to keep the momentum. But when things turn in the game and you're up against it, it's the leadership qualities that will then be able to come about and to say, on the field... Uh, and don't wait until halftime when the coach can tell you what to do mm. or afterwards in your post-match analysis. But on the field, of being able to identify aspects in the game which will minimize the time that the opposition have in control of the game. Mm. And that's where the key of any winning team is because there's no game that goes the whole 90 minutes and, and you dominate for 90 minutes. It just doesn't mm. work like that. Yeah. It's when the opposition are up, and in control of the game, how you minimize their control to being in the various areas of the pitch which won't hurt you from a scoreline point of view. And I, for this moment, and I'm coming back to it, I don't believe there's enough capability in our team and vote and, and people, uh, players with enough vocal quality to, to react to that situation, to read that situation. Now we come to to the coach, and it's, it's very similar. He's also got to gather information through the training sessions. And obviously, they've done the analysis on Tunisia. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to know that they're very well and capable from set pieces and, and that type of the game. They play a direct format of the game. 
So you've done your analysis on them. Mm-hmm. Now you've got to play a play. Uh, you've got to pick your team fun, okay. which is going to make you win the game. What are your qualities first? Yeah. Okay. And then just briefly touch on the opposition. I don't believe you should be a coach to say, I'm going to pick a team that's going to counteract the opposition. Yeah. You'd rather pick a team that's going to dominate the game for for you to dominate the game and them to worry about you. Although you do have to know, as I said, and analyze opposition to know their strengths, so you, which you do take care of. But pick a team that's going to be really wonderful, wonderfully confident, which they have, which they seem to come out of that game with huge, huge okay. esteem and now back on back on online to be really, really confident. Okay. All right. So that's on the technical side and on the raising the morale of the team side. Let's move the conversation along to really what it is we're going to talk about, which is the world's interest in AFCON, uh, BBK. And I found it really intriguing that AFCON 2024, so this tournament today, I think it's been called 2023 AFCON, but being played uh, in 2024, it's generated a lot of uh, sponsorship deals and media interest locally and internationally. You've got Orange Telco, which is one of the official sponsors. And we're told that particularly in French-speaking Africa, one in 10 customers is a customer of Orange. So they're there. Uh, we've got Puma. I mentioned them earlier on with the biggest supplier of sports kits. We've got Total Energies, the oil and gas producer. Now, they're not really involved in the football, but we understand that they've got very deep pockets. They're involved in bigger programs around the African continental free trade area. So this for them is about visibility and it's about promoting their idea of sustainability, but they're there. Um, Continental AG, the German automotive industry, they're there. uh, Automotive business, they're there. EcoBank, one of the biggest homegrown African banks from Togo, they're there. And then also uh, the betting company, One uh, One Xbet, is also mm-hmm. there. Uh, and uh, that speaks to the new burgeoning market where we're told that over 7 million Africans uh, are always placing bets in a day. So you're looking at modern companies across different sectors and they're all going behind this AFCON, which thing we're told never really happened like this before. So what's changed? A lot has changed. A lot has changed. I think uh, also just to take it back a bit with this organization called the Confederation of African Football Health being founded in terms of this competition in 1957 yeah. and the first being played 67 years ago it was in Khartoum in Sudan featuring Ethiopia I think Sudan is the host and Egypt uh, Egypt won it and then Egypt tried to defend it in 1959 and that was under the guise of being the United Arab Emirates which was I mean mm. United Arab Republic mm. sorry which was made up of Egypt and Syria. And Egypt have gone on to become the most successful with seven titles, uh, winning a hat-trick in 2006, 2008, and 2010. But then it went to a point when, under the leadership of uh, Tesema, uh, uh, I think I'm saying it correctly, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Tesema, who was the Ethiopian, uh, who was care president at this in uh, 1972 and 1987, mm. his reign ended. The cup was uh, enjoying a greater international prestige. But then in 1980, this is where the 
corporate started moving towards uh, lying in bed with Kev with professionalism, yeah. allowing that sponsorship being accepted in 1984. And then you will find that many players emerge from that to become the stars of the tournament, like your Samuel Etos, as yeah. well as your Lauren Poku was Ivorian. But now when you come to the eras of the president of CAF, uh, I think you are right if you agree with me that Issa Hayato was the Robert Mugabe of football in terms of <laughs> serving the longest, close to 30 years. Not right. much happened under him. He was not able to push uh, the Africa Cup of Nations to an even greater height. He was not able to get the just desert for Africa Cup of Nations in terms of television, in terms of marketing. And then when his era ends, you get a guy from the neighboring Madagascar whose name was Ahmed Ahmed, mm. who had one of the shortest stints as Cap president. And then after him, a guy who comes from South Africa, who is Barry Saga, president of the Republic of South Africa, who owns Mamelo de Sundowns, who is a businessman. His name is Patrice Mutsipe, wins the election to become the CAF president. Now you look at what has happened, mm -hmm. and this is no praise singing. In 2021, the last CAF that you have in terms of the competition, yeah. you had only, take a guess, Lerato, how many sponsors did CAF have? back then? I am just such a, a great one on the story, Bandla. Seven. <laughs> <laughs> Let me be your great art teacher. Seven. There were seven at the last tournament in Cameroon in 2021. In Ivory Coast today, as you and I speak with Neil Tovey and the rest of the South Africans in conversation, there are 17. Most My of them you've counted. Gosh. From seven to 17. And indeed, the world is watching. Whether you are in Europe, you're doing it via BBC or Sky, yeah. or you are in South America, or you are in Asia, or you are in Caribbean. For the very first time, this CAF competition, which for the first time right. has got 24 teams participating because it's been expanded, is being given the just state, okay. the proper attention, and the spotlight is on them. And this is something to be celebrated because all the money, that is being accrued from all of these things, it is important that it goes back to football development in Africa so that we can be able to get yeah. leagues in Africa to be in a proper professional setup, like I wrote in the Sunday Times last week, to say we need to have an establishment where most of our big players can be able to play and apply their trade in this very continent so that African football can rise. Okay. Neil Tovey, I wonder if you have a view on the commercialization of CAF. I mean, BBK just gives us a very simple statistic. The last CAF, obviously, um, that we saw, 2021, thereabouts, then there was COVID, and so you couldn't really have the tournament. But regardless, they could only gather as much as seven sponsors. Now it's 17 and counting. And that's not even talking about the broadcast rights accrued to um, uh, uh, to the tournament. What do you think was the, the magic wand, for lack of a better word? Yes, you've got Patrice Mutsipo comes in with very, very sound business acumen. That he does do. We cannot take that away from him. But sort of a confidence boost as well to business to say you can support African football? Yeah, well, 100%. You know, you need a, you need leadership. Uh, and, and certainly Patrice has done that. And, and he's brought people in in the various areas of the marketing and the social social media side of, of, of... Because, you know, it's very well getting 17 sponsors, but they also want their, 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 their 
their product out there and visible. And and if you're offering a, a greater and a more a product that will be will certainly be more visible to to not only Africans as you as you mentioned that uh, this product is beaming out to to all uh, to a lot of places all over the world yeah. although live to only certain areas but it still go highlights and that are going out but more so is that you know Patrice has that that business acumen and and so he's driven that immensely it's not having seven and it's at, at this value. Uh, each one is their value of each one has, has increased significantly, yeah. Yeah. and 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 the product has become more professional. You you want big, bigger sponsorship, you want more money, then you want to sell the rights for for yeah. for, for, for bigger uh, bigger paydays, uh, which in, which boosts right. the African game. Then you've got to give them a product right. which, which will do that, and, and they're certainly generating a product at Afcon. There's this debate. Uh, that goes on continuously. Should it be every two years or should it be every four years? Mm. We've got the, we've got the, a great product there now, commercially. Mm. That is every two years. It's not like uh, not like the World Cup every four. It's mm. like the Euro uh, European mm. Championship mm. every four yeah. and all other common. It's there continuously in 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 different forms for different matters. Okay. The matters, if I can just finish up here quickly, is that. Africa has the best players in the best leagues in the world. Yeah. They have a product not only off the field, they have a product on the field yeah. to showcase. And and there are scouts, there are everybody wanting to know what is happening with their players mm-hmm. in their respective top teams uh, in the top okay. leagues at this moment in time. So they have all that at their disposal now. And it's driven by a person that's really, really business oriented. Yeah. Uh, BBK, I want you to elaborate a little bit more. Uh, this word that keeps on being used, the professionalization of football under CAF, under Mutsipe, that's also what we're seeing. Professionalization even of local leagues. You know, one of the greatest disadvantages, <clears throat> something that is hampering Africa, excuse me, from getting ahead, from sitting uh, rightfully and with merit at the top table of world football is the fact of underdevelopment, Lerato. Mm. Whether you go from Cape to Cairo, people talk about South Africa having a lot of resources and people wonder why we are not the giant that we used to be mm. when the likes of Neil Tove, Lucas Katebe, Chus Moshe, Sizo Mutawong, mm. John Muyeti, bless their souls, were still a part of the team. Part of the problem is there are a lot of problems here in this country and this guy that is on the other side of the line, Neil Tove, as a former technical director, can speak from now until noon about those. Mm-hmm. But looking at the entire continent, there's challenges. There's challenges of uh, facilities. There's challenges of uh, money coming in and not being used properly where it is supposed to be. Yeah. It sounds like I'm telling a South African story. But again, it seems like you have a history where a lot of clubs are more dependent on government funding. Mm-hmm. Now, you're dealing with a continent that is very talented when it comes to sport football in particular but at the same time engrossed with so many difficulties yeah. things like supplying clean water things like making yeah. sure that there's proper health care and all those things so when you have an organization that has got 54 members that make up CAF, yeah. being able to take their primary their major tournament being able to attract so much money the responsibility okay. is then 
on the incumbent and his executive to make sure that money is channeled down to try and make right. sure that the resources are developed and we can take this thing right. forward. Hamlet, I'll only take if you keep your comment under 20 seconds. Yeah, BBK, I mean, uh, you partly have answered the question I wanted to ask, but I just want to say, how far are we in terms of really professionalizing the leagues across the continent? Because of, I'm sure you'd be aware that uh, most parts of uh, you know Africa, I mean, the leagues are not professionalized. There's no resources. There's no sponsorship. Mm-hmm. Uh, under this current leadership of Ndate Petrus Mutsepe, how far have we advanced that course? Okay, thank you, Hamlet. BBK? I think in the end, he can only lead, he can only give direction, but at the very basic, it is the people in each and every country who are the ones who are driving okay. the process, who are the ones who must pave the way forward. Okay, so there's still a modicum of autonomy in local federations, and he gives them strategic vision, he shows them the way, they either embrace it or they don't. But we've come far, is what I've heard you say, BBK, regardless. Most definitely, because each and every football association is independent. They are all affiliates of CAF, and CAF is an affiliate of FIFA with the other five confederations around the world. All right, so we've got to, unfortunately, wind this conversation down. Neil Tovey, um, we hope South Africa gets through tonight. But regardless of that, in terms of the top-ranked teams, um, if you are a betting man, would you cast a bet? Obviously, South Africa did very well, but I think... The likes of uh, Senegal and that uh, are, are looking really, really ominous. Um, Egypt have done virtually, virtually nothing. Uh, lost a big talisman in Salah, uh, but uh, they seem to just edge their way in or be there. Uh, and Morocco will, will, will one go away. So, yeah, I think uh, I think I'm looking at Senegal at this moment in time, to be honest. Okay, the lines of uh, Taranga, BBK. If you're a betting man, you know uh, I like Neil Tovey because he thinks uh, in a great manner. I, I see nothing further than uh, Sadio Mane being a Liverpool fan. He, he may be playing in Saudi Arabia now, but he'll forever be Liverpool in my heart. I would like to see Senegal being able to defend the title. Uh, they won the first one at the last edition. Mm. I think that in the manner that they are pacing themselves, in the manner that they are going through for the very first time at AFCON, they've been able to win all their three group matches. I think that it will be great for them to win. But Kepa Verde, I think they've been stunning. Uh, the Blue Sharks, a uh, population of only just over 500,000 okay. people, being able to top their group and being able to play the kind of football that they've played. I think it's something to be uploaded. Same with Mauritania as well. And as Southern Africans, we salute Angola for being able to make it. We keep our fingers crossed that tonight, when the referee blows the final whistle, Bafana Bafana will also have okay. booked their bet in the last 16. Okay, so both gentlemen say... Senegal still has a huge shot at defending their title and taking it. So all eyes on the Lions of Taranga, but also we're told don't discount the Blue Sharks of Cabo Verde, Mauritania. So there must really be something going on there in that part of West Africa in terms of training as well. And then here in Southern Africa, uh, we might have Angola shining the light on us. Thank you very much to Baring Batu Kortias, sports editor of the Sunday Times, columnist and podcaster and we also have a former South African captain, uh, South African coach and technical director Neil Tovey. Time for the news. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.